This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Hariyato Diman, and I'm Olivia Kuei. Welcome to the Live Weekend Picks podcast, where The Straits Times recommends lifestyle and food picks for the coming weekend in Singapore. It's almost the weekend, which means it's time for this week's Life Picks. Acclaimed American actress Regina King has won several awards, including an Oscar for her acting. Now, at next month's Golden Globes, she could win her first directing accolade for One Night in Miami. Well, you can stream that movie on Amazon Prime Video. And if you need reasons other than Regina King as the director to watch this one, here's journalist Jan Lee. Now, Jan, One Night in Miami is about a fictionalized account of a real meeting in 1964 among four iconic black men, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke. How does the film strike a balance between fiction and real life? So, it's basically very dramatized because... This meeting did actually happen on the night that Muhammad Ali won um, his iconic fight uh, um, over Sonny Liston to become the heavyweight boxing champion. He did celebrate with his three friends, Malcolm X, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke, in a room at the Hampton House, which is like, um, I think it's a hotel that still exists today. Um, It's one of those segregation era hotels back when America had like, you know, white only places, white only establishments and black only establishments. So he actually did spend the night with his three friends Um, because this uh, this movie is based on a play by Kemp Powers. Uh, It's a play of the same name. So basically what Powers did was he imagined what these four people would be talking about because um, these four people are all very important to black history and um, you know, Malcolm X was somebody who was fighting for uh, racial equality, racial justice. Um, you look at people like, uh, you know, Sam Cooke, uh, Jim Brown, they are all very iconic people in the culture. And of course, Muhammad Ali as well, right? He was a boxing champion. So he imagined what these four men, you know, in their own private space away from white America, they would talk about what they would talk about amid what is considered um, what is considered the peak of the civil rights movement in America, um, you know, in 1964. It sounds very fascinating indeed. So, Jen, I'm wondering, out of the four uh, characters, which one was your favourite? So, I have not yet watched the film. I'm about to watch it. I'm very excited to do, to do so. Um, I think I'm pretty excited about Leslie O'Donnell Jr. He plays Sam Cooke. Um, it's also important to remember that out of these four men, two of them would die within two years because Malcolm X was assassinated and Sam Cooke was also shot and killed. So there's like a certain poignancy to the film in that sense. And I'm pretty excited to see what Leslie O'Dom Jr. would bring, because as we all know, he was in Hamilton and he was really good. So he's also the one getting the supporting actor nominations out of the four. It might just be because he is the most well-known of the cast. But um, from from reviews that I've read, you know, I've seen very, very good reviews about the guy who plays Muhammad Ali and the guy who plays Malcolm X. And actually just the the review so far is that the cast is excellent and it's very good and that the directing from Regina King is very strong. So I'm actually very excited to watch it. And I really hope like it's because it's something that's so buzzworthy in the awards season. So I'm hoping that anybody who's like a film buff, who's really excited for, you know, the Oscars or the Globes to check it out before the awards show happens. Well, thanks for that, Jen. That was Jen Lee, journalist for The Straits Times. Now, One Night in Miami is available on Amazon Prime Video. 
Now, amid the pandemic, many tourism boards of countries like South Korea, Australia, Switzerland and Hong Kong are still promoting their tourist attractions to Singaporeans. Well, that makes sense because, you know, these countries remain visible to those of us itching to fly when air travel resumes. Now, travel editor Lee Siu Hua joins us to share more. Hi, Siu Hua. Siu Hua, you highlighted seven experiences to try. Now, some can even be experienced right now, albeit virtually. What would you recommend? First off, we have South Korea's Purple Islands. This, um, everything on the island, these two islands in the southwestern part of Korea are purple-hued from, from the rooftops to purple bridges and purple phone booths and even fields of lavender and lots of hydrangea, right? And the residents also get into the spirit by wearing purple. But what happened to is that the provincial government settle on the purple theme to entice visitors. But with the pandemic, no international visitors arrived. Instead, Koreans, including millennials, started visiting and loving the place and posting virally on Instagram. And so the, 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 the images have reverberated around the world and we can see them. And also for nature lovers, Australia has a pair of uh, new sky walks in Calgary National Park. This is in Western Australia. And by day, these twin walks, uh, twin sky walks that protrude over the wilderness, um, visitors can have vistas of rust red cliffs, flowing river, and the bushland. By night, it gets even more magical because uh, there are stargazing tours and you know to 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 see the scintillating night sky and somehow in my experience uh, in the southern hemisphere the stars are permanent somehow seem closer to earth so there you have it okay thank you Xu Hua. we've been speaking to our travel editor Lee Xu Hua. now Harianto, do mm. you like beef noodles I actually do. I like the one that is a soupy, or what they call it, the new roll lamian. Right. The one that is from China. Do you like it? I do, but unlike you, I uh -huh. like the goopy, gooey ones. Ah, the one that probably is with starch, cornstarch, I guess, right, to make it thicker. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> but whatever it is, our senior food correspondent, Wong Ayok, has tried a lot of beef noodles over the past month. More than 10, I believe. Wow. Well, he's here now to tell us more about this nostalgic dish. Hi, Ayok. So, what do you look for in a good bowl of beef noodles? Mm. Okay, for beef noodles, uh, like you, I, I like the local version, the Hainanese version. Uh, but I prefer the soup uh, rather than the gooey, starchy, dry version, actually. So for me, uh, when I go for beef noodles, I tend to order the soup version. And I, I like variety, so I usually will order like with a mix of toppings uh, besides the, the beef itself. I would like to have tendons, uh, tripe, and usually some braised meat as well. So that's what makes a, a complete bowl of uh, beef noodles for me. Uh, so that's what I've been looking for uh, over the past month. Uh, I went to various stores, some well-known, some not so well-known, trying to find out uh, which are the stores that I find uh, I, I like most. And you know, Ayo, you visited uh, more than 10 stalls. So which would you recommend? Okay, uh, I, I will talk about the 
my top three favorites. Uh, the the one that I like most actually is uh, it's in Tiong Bahru Plaza. It's called Juchet Beef King. Uh, it's it's not a new store. It's been around. Uh, it's moved around a little bit, but now it's uh, based in Tiong Bahru Market. To me, it has the the best balance of everything. Uh, the soup was really delicious. Uh, very clear flavor, but uh, there's a, a beefy uh, robustness as well. And the toppings are very well done. Uh, the tripe, the tendon, uh, they are tender but not too soft. So. When you eat it, there's a little bit of bite, which I like. Uh, the beef balls were obviously handmade; they were small, but the, the, you can taste the beef in it. So that, to me, was very well rounded and uh, was my favorite out of all the stores that I like. Uh, my second choice was actually another surprise because it's a chain and it's in a food court. Uh, it's called uh, Blanco Court uh, Beef Noodle. Uh, it's, it's actually not a new store either. It's been around since the 1970s, but they have expanded over the years, and now they've grown into a chain. And, you know, you always think that uh, chain stores, usually standards will drop because there's so many outlets. But I, I figured that because of uh, the way the noodles, uh, the, the dish itself is cooked, the beef, the tendon, the tripe, they're all still... Uh, separately and they have been like simmer for a long time and this makes it actually better when it's cooked in big quantities that's why a chain store works in this in this case because uh, you can use a central kitchen you cook everything together in bulk and you actually get a better product and then you send it to the individual outlets and yeah it's turned out really good okay the third one is actually a very very popular store been around a long time Hua Hing in Bandemir Hawker Center. Uh, I went twice over the past month actually because I wanted to try the beef uh, dry noodles as well as the soup noodles. For this store, actually, I make an exception because I like the dry version more. The starch, although it looks thick, uh, the, the, the starchy gravy, it looks thick, but when you eat it, actually, it was very light. It, it wasn't gooey at all, and it was delicious. There was a very strong herby flavor, a little bit of spice. So for this stall, I would recommend you eat the dry version. Mm-hmm, sounds yummy and beefalicious indeed. Now that was senior food correspondent Wong Ayuk on the best beef noodles in Singapore. Well, looks like I have my weekend's plan. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.